it was a wild ride. Essentially, you know, you don't like to say it out loud, but you know, I was still growing up while he's growing up. You know, it's there's so many things that you constantly feel like you're screwing up and probably are. But uh, that that young man, he's he continues to impress. all things Lyman country. Tune in to hear stories from Lyman, aspiring Lyman, and others who work in the industry. Now here are your hosts, David Powell and PJ Nardi. Welcome to the Lyman country podcast. I am David Powell. I'm PJ Nardi. And we are here with Mr. Austin Myers. Austin, welcome. Thank you, sir. Glad to be here. Well, we're going to kick this thing off and just get you started to uh, answer like a just basic question about who is Austin Myers? Give a little background history, you know, uh, growing up, who you, who you are, where you're from. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 29, about to be 30 on August 25th. So a big three O's coming up around the corner. Uh, grew up in Knoxville, Tennessee. Um, pretty sim- basic childhood. Grew up playing sports, uh, but moved into racing motocross. That was kind of my childhood. And that was, you know, trying to ride on the weekends, going racetracks on the you know family whole events so uh it was an exciting childhood for sure and then got a little older had a had a few children along the way things got a little bit more serious and then uh started working and that's a little bit it in a short you know motocross to kids to sit yeah in yeah, here. yeah so yeah. <laughs> i mean I, I yeah i gave you a lot to so can get. i start off by saying go balls yeah absolutely okay <laughs> yeah, okay this i'm an auburn great. tiger but i'll i'll be happy i'm happy to say go balls yes absolutely. Um, i love it i, have, I think anyone uh I have some hardcore uh bama friends okay. I, I was saying roll tie this weekend so Were you? yeah uh, i gotta i gotta gotta support my my friends so um but going back motocross mm-hmm. age yeah, when so you start riding? I started riding around nine or ten, probably. Didn't get into racing until a little bit later on, and then uh, once we started racing, that was pretty much my main focus. And then, you know, you you try to. It's an expensive sport, so my dad and I loved it, fell in love with it, and tried to race as much as possible. Um, got to go to a lot of cool places. Got to go race out in Oklahoma and you know, make that road trip and race in a lot of cool places. Um, but eventually you get a little older and, uh, money gets tighter or what have you. So, so when did that kind of come to a conclusion for you? Uh, I probably stopped racing around the 16, 17 age. Uh, was it really money or was it girls? I'm just <laughs> well, <laughs> they kind of, it goes hand in hand in a way. Cause I did become a father at a very young age. So that, uh, then you start thinking, okay, well, I can't just be spending money racing. Now I got to uh, figure out how I'm going to support a family. So, yeah, wow, yeah, that so, was I was 15, well, 16 when he was born. Wow. Uh, that's my oldest. He's 13 now. Ryan, wow. awesome kid. Don't advocate for that uh, situation. However, it didn't uh, turn out as bad as I had imagined. Kid's awesome, amazing older brother, and uh, a lot less scary now. Now that I'm a little bit more competent. 
So um, this relationship, I'm, I'm interested in, in uh, traveling around. Was this a, a, you know, a family affair, obviously making all these trips? Was, was mom, dad, brothers, sisters? Like, tell me a little bit about that dynamic. Absolutely. Yeah, local tracks for sure. Mom, dad, and I have a sister as well, Skylar. And uh, we all kind of, that was kind of our family bonding, if you will. We There was times where we would... Uh, We'd always take my dad's work van, and then we'll clear all his tools out. And then you got air mattresses in the back, bikes are under the canopy outside, chained up. And, you know, it was the best. I mean, you're just living out on the weekends. And, I mean, the most excitement. And it's a family oriented sport in general that most people don't, they kind of look over that part where it's its own community. Everybody's, you know, meeting up from the on the weekends and people are from all over the place. So it was, uh, exciting time a lot of good friends and good memories i love that I, m my boys grew up playing soccer and um my youngest still plays so we're still at tournaments on weekends and so forth my oldest got into mountain bike racing a few years ago and it's that same vibe like you show up and you know everybody in the family seems to ride it, one way or another right whether it's just for for leisure or, or if they're racing you're out in the woods you're camping you're you know you're just doing life with some some other families that have, that share the same passion and interest it's, it's a cool a cool atmosphere yeah i loved it absolutely I, you know I even later on when i got a little older i my son at the time he was i guess he was three and then uh I wanted to get him into motocross so i got him a little pw50 and then i was like well i, I gotta get a bike too you know that's that just basic math <laughs> uh and then uh so i i had that for a while and we got to ride and i got to take him to a couple of cool spots and um but later on now he's played baseball since he was four and uh got into the travel baseball thing so now i'm kind of right there where you two are uh talking about these travel sports my heart was always in motocross i never played baseball either and uh but i slowly learned to love the game of baseball through him which i thought was pretty cool too so we've got to travel all over and do cool stuff in baseball and you know it's just kind of a new thing that i've learned to love so the you know your 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 oldest Ryland. Mm -hmm. um Give us that kind of that storyline. That's 16 years old, and now you're 29. So there's quite a bit of time between that. Like, how did that transition? How was that time? Kind of break that down for us. Yeah, um, I mean, I don't know the breakdown. It's it's simple. It's complicated. It's uh, you know, it was, it was a wild ride. Essentially, you know, you don't like to say it out loud, but you know, I was still growing up hmm. while I, he's growing up. You know, it's there's so many things that you constantly feel like you're screwing up and probably are but uh that that young man he's he continues to impress he's uh yeah he's got two younger siblings my middle child blakely she's 10 and then uh his youngest brother Riker, who is two constantly there for them i mean he's and it's almost you know i'm like hey man i got it you don't have to because if somebody falls or somebody needs something he's always you know there to help and uh it's really awesome to see but you're just like okay you know come pump the brakes dad's got it or mom's got it or he's he's constantly impressing me with that so uh it was it was scary growing up and and trying to not screw him up but i think he he gave me the easy way out he turned out awesome do you have a lot of support around you through I, those years? yeah absolutely mom and dad um 
they were both very supportive, uh, as well as um, his mo- or his mother's parents, Amber. She, uh, we've we had a great support system, um, and it was one of those deals where it was just our situation now. So let's let's figure it out, and and yeah, the support system did help. It was, uh, you know, it made it a little easier. Yeah, because at that point you, I think you said you'd. I mean, you started working intentionally at that point, huh? At 16 and, and a father. Yeah. It, I was fortunate that my, my father, he had, he's been in the flooring industry since, uh, I think he's going to like 37 years. So he's always ran his own subcontracting company. So I, I think it was 17 where, well, it was 16. I started working with him and then I got my GED at 17 just to, so I could have that completion. Um, and then 17 I think I managed to figure out how to get an apartment and try to you know do the right thing and put them in my own home sort of situation so it was uh it was a wild ride for sure from a work standpoint so you're working with him Mm -hmm. and then um kind of fast forward how long did you do that what what were all the the steps leading up to where you are right now yeah so I worked with him even when I was a younger before all this happened I would always try to whether it's just picking up scraps or helping out I was always interested in that so I worked with him until I was 18 and then uh, I thought well maybe I should try looking for something outside of you know his realm of expertise and maybe you know branch out so I I did a warehouse gig for a year um, and then at 19 I decided okay well let's let's move around a little bit more I ended up landing at uh, Comcast, and I worked there for right under six years. Um, so I started there, I guess it was around nineteen twenty, and I loved that. It was it was a really good experience for me. It was uh, I got to work my way up all the way through. I promoted fairly quickly. I was a you know business technician, and then topped out that. And around that three-year mark I think I got into management and did operations supervision and uh, it was a really cool gig I, I love the outside aspect of it looking back I wish I would have just pumped the brakes a little bit getting into being young and then still having to deal with everything it was a, a bit of a shock because you're the administrative side the field side you got guys I had 12 team members so that was a, a bit of a overload at the time so if I would have maybe waited a little bit more on that, but it was still a great learning experience for that. So after the Comcast deal, I ended up uh, moving back into the flooring. My dad at the time, he'd gotten sick. So I decided to kind of get back into that, help him stay moving. And then uh, I did a couple little odd stuff throughout that, that time as well. But and then what led you to SLTC? Well, SLTC, that, I feel like I've, I've learned or I've known about SLTC around the 10-year mark, I think. As, uh, that's a pretty accurate statement because when I first saw the videos, I was at Comcast. And you, you, you start learning more about the line work, especially when you're outside and you're dealing with you know, we're, we were 18 foot daredevils at the time, but you know, you start looking at the pole and you see these spikes marks going all the way to the top and you're like, man, who's, who's doing that? You know? So you start asking questions and 
trying to learn more about it and uh and then i got on the sltc page and uh i wanted i should yeah, it's easy to look back and be like man if i would have just done it sooner but uh yeah it, it all worked out well still coming in a little bit later but uh yeah yeah the, yeah, I think so. What maybe fifteen percent of our students, maybe less than that, ten fifteen percent are um, actually married or with kids, right? Yeah. So it's not a high percentage of, of guys that come here that have families, kids, or anything. Um, how how do you think that has? How has that been different? Like your experience having three kids here at school, um, older, more mature. Like, how do you think that's you know, what is your perspective of that? I mean, you know, I, I would say you coming here at the maturity level is way above, you know, where the, you know, a lot of our students are. So I'm just curious as a, your experience and what you've seen. Yeah. Um, I, there are a lot of, there's a lot of variety of people here. I mean, we, I was fortunate, like with just the way SLTC houses people by similar ages they call us the dads of the group because we're <laughs> in the very back and uh it's great it's we i was very fortunate with the group that i got paired with and um you know we kind of just do our own thing we're studying together at night or um you know staying local it it's but i, I try to help as much as i can I, I don't ever assume uh that i'm you know more advanced or less than anyone and then I just kind of like I read them and see what situate what the situation is, see if I can help. If not, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, personalities here too. So it's um, it's been a good learning experience too. I mean, like I said, if I could have come here ten years ago, I, I mean, I probably would be in a lot different situation. However, you know, all the work and you, you know the money doesn't stop, so you have to keep going. And I just never felt like I could just break away. So it's. Uh, it's been a good learning experience. I, I think the good group of guys I've learned to meet. Yeah, you, you say that, and I'm sitting here looking at you at 29 years old. You've already lived such a long and abundant life, you know, with family by, you know, three kids by 30 years old and two different careers. So, uh, yeah, I don't think you're you're behind the curve. That 10 years looking back, I know it's seems not doesn't seem that way, but it's something you can reflect on. I think in 10 years you're going to be scratching your head going, man, you know, that was that one by quick that was awesome yeah that's true that is true i i, I think about that i try not to I, I guess base it off of that but when we're when we're diving into career planning into school or you know resume building or anything like that or i do feel a little more fortunate because i i mean having a resume with the built out you know a set of skills or you know, I can rely on certain qualities that I've learned along the way. And, uh, I think I, I very good point. I, I sometimes look over it oftentimes really, but it's uh it's a good reminder for sure. Yeah. I think it's a uh, companies being able to hire someone with the skills that, that you're coming out with from SLTC and certs and stuff like that, but just the, the life skills, the life experience is invaluable. You know, a, a company is looking, one of the things they're looking for is they want to know that they're hiring someone who as well, they, they, they want someone that's going to be with them. That's going to be committed to them. That's not necessarily going to just 
bounce around or when you have the commitments that you have, you have a stronger reason for doing what you're doing. You have a stronger why. So you're about just under two weeks out from, from graduation. Who, who do you have your, uh, your sights set on at KUB or where are you wanting to go to work? Yeah. I mean, being grown up in Knoxville, I mean, KUB's always been the, the goal, um, a, a company that's, uh, idolized by a lot. I mean, it's a very reputable company. Oh, yeah. So I know it's a tough place to get into. So when I'm, how I'm doing it right now is just constantly looking and, uh, you know, making sure everything's tidied up. And then, uh, and really what I've learned over the years is it's, it's not the people will say it's who, you know, but networking just in general and just trying to figure out this whole industry of, you know, how, how it works and who they're hiring, what they're looking for. Um, I know I have to stay, realistic where having three children and you know it's if you want a job you there is always somebody hiring all over the country so it's uh it's a little bittersweet but you know we're, we're staying positive and then uh, have a couple of applications out and you know just trying to to work it and see see what comes of it so yeah i mean there's that's their whole world right their school and friends and and the neighborhood and the community that they live in that's i i mean that's awesome that you're you recognize that and realize that that's yeah it's foundational to them right that's their security as as kids and i think there's enough opportunity i mean goodness gracious i don't know a city in tennessee that's not growing that isn't doesn't have crews working there right yeah i mean it's it's definitely a city that's blowing up especially because these UT Vols are just, they are on a roll here. Uh, But, you know, we'll we'll see. You know, there's also, you know, the, um, the CellCat, the union program that they have for the apprentices right now where it's, I guess they're on a uh, temporary hold. So hopefully by the beginning of the year, something will change with that because the contractor route is also a very liable situation. So they do a lot of work in locally. And then if I had to go somewhere, that's, totally fine we just don't want to permanently set boots somewhere you know in a different state that just it would make it rough but you know there's plenty of you know opportunity out there this podcast is brought to you by elevated gear elevated gear is the one-stop shop for all things lyman country and southeast lyman training center from high quality shirts and hats to name brand sunglasses tools and more Elevated Gear has everything you need. Stop by our store in Trenton, Georgia, or shop online at elevatedgear.com. So what so far uh, in your X number of weeks, how many weeks were we? Are we 13. 13 weeks? We're taking the final Tuesday. Or no, I'm sorry. We're taking our final exam tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah. So I know we have we have a couple of, we have night training coming up. That's mm-hmm. usually a highlight, but. What could you say has been the highlight of your 13 weeks thus far? The highlight of my 13 weeks. I don't know. It's, it's all been kind of surreal. It's the amount of things that I've watched that the videos are, are, you know, seeing other guys go through it. It's, um, it, it's, I've just kind of trying to take it all in. You have moments where you're like, all right, this, you know, I'm hot or this is, you know, I'm sore, but everybody's going through it. It's, that the first week was 
super nerve-wracking exciting um kind of getting to know your instructor you know getting on the pole for the first time and then the the highlights are you know getting to the top and then next thing you know now we're working at 35 feet or we're rolling out of the pole circle and getting into the field and you know starting to kind of get hands-on with with what we would you know eventually be getting into and building lines and and that's that's the fun part the the schooling part a bit of a shock not a shock but for me I hadn't been I hadn't done school in a while so it was a lot of, it's been a lot of study and then that's been stressful but the working aspect has been the most fun for sure so the classroom 29 years old haven't been in the classroom in a while right like if there's somebody else that's listening that similar situation what would your what's your take on that I mean I feel like that the curriculum is set up in a way that you can pretty much jump in and grasp it you know you obviously got to study you got to prepare but it's not heavy on the curriculum side from the standpoint of like what you would expect in a college or university it's more geared towards um you know trade related content and information would you agree with that 100 percent. yeah the the schooling process of it or the 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 whole curriculum in itself it's it like you said it's not um not unmanageable at all it's it's literally just trying to kind of you know get yourself back into a situation where okay I, I have to study or even if you're not studying like they ask you to every night sort of thing and I don't want to tell on myself a little bit but <laughs> it's if you're if you're paying attention in class if you're taking it serious and then you're over you're reviewing and studying a little bit at night um, that it's for me, it was really just the test taking part of yeah. it where that's where it's like, okay, it's go time. You got to make sure everything gets right. And you know, it, that was, that was the roughest part, but anybody coming through it, maybe in a similar situation, it, it is completely doable, um, regardless of how long it's been since you've done a test or been in any type of schooling. It's, if you want it, then it's 100% doable goes by pretty quick too doesn't it i mean you got to be focused yeah 100 percent. it it felt like when we first got here it felt like we were here for three months now we're here at the end it's like i feel like we just started so yeah. it's 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 been interesting i think we tell you that um but it's hard to listen we live by 15 weeks so yeah. <laughs> you want to talk about like our, our lives revolve around every 15 weeks it seems like our it's like hyperdrive or something um from one class to the next out of all the interviews we've had thus far with with um on this podcast we'll add and one of our instructors went through the awakening you went through the awakening i did yes so sir. I, i'd love to hear your your thoughts on that yeah the awakening was it, it was an awesome experience really it, you you kind of know a little bit what's going to happen but you're just kind of in for the ride especially when you do this the small get together briefing in the morning everybody's kind of sleepy but nervous and you know you these guys are walking in and these, you know, uh, uh, the, the three instructors that you brought in, I mean, those guys are, one was really loud. One was very like positive and the other was just really quiet in the corner. And you're just like, okay, he's yeah. Right, yeah. So <laughs> the quiet ones, yeah, always. The, you gotta <laughs> watch him. Oh, yes, Darren. And, and I, he was awesome. That dude is, you know, I'm sure his background is just insane, but so you got these guys coming in and, you know, you're like, all right, well, and then they hand you a blindfold until you get outside and you're off, you know, that, so at that point I, I signed up, I was ready to go. You're just, 
you know, asking or seeing what's next. But the, uh, it was a really cool experience. It, it was ran really well. Um, you know, the, it sucks. You know, you, you're getting sprayed in the face or you're getting, you know, smoked. Those no-handed burpees, those were rough. But, you know, it was fun. I, It was fun after, during the time, you're like, all right, this is. Was there ever a moment where you're like, I'm. I might, I might tap out. No, I'm not at all. But I, you know, there was, we saw a couple of guys do that Yeah. and and it does fire you up a little bit. You're like, all right, you know, but there was nothing other than the unexpected that was going to get me to, to tap out for sure. Yeah. I was a hundred percent ready for anything. And, um, I mean, we, I think my group, we got, like we were hitting that hike and then everybody got swarmed by bees. So we had to kind of depart out and do some different <laughs> stuff. Uh, yeah. So it was, it was madness all from, from start to finish. What's funny about those events and the guys, the guys that come in here to run that they're, I mean, they're, they're masters of yeah. these, of these events. And um, you can plan all you want to. And we, we, we have a pretty much routine schedule that we follow, but, everything changes and um and honestly like that you guys were on that rope never have we ever done anything like that before so there's no way to really program that it was like darren gets rolling and then darren's like making you guys use this rope and move it over your head like a log and keeping us basically a squat position and brad thinks it's funny and so he's just going to continue. And then Derek's like, y'all move, y'all walk with a lot. And it's like, it became like 45 minutes of being in a squatted position. Um, and just mentally, you know, I'm, I, I mean, just being in that position for that length of time, trying to move as a team and being punished and whatnot. Um, that is not scripted. That is like those guys that just roll with what they see. Yes. And that's, that makes it unique. Every event's a little unique in the sense that, um, we have a basic outline, but it just changes as, as, as to how the group changes. Yeah. And, and with that too, the, how it's that going a little bit off script and then the way they can tie it around. Cause like what he's talking about, we we're dealing with this rope and we got what, 30 guys maybe or close to it. And we're asked to do something simple, but it requires everybody to kind of work as a team. And then we're just, it, it it was easy. We were, we were looking for punishment, I believe. But once we finally figured it out, it was like, oh, we're just barely moving. Let's go. And, you know, they're dragging us out during that time and putting us in ice baths. And then it's, uh, it was, I mean, it was wild. So you obviously I had a lot of grit and determination to get through that. Did you, um, have any situations, um, at the beginning of this class or, you know, the first couple of weeks of class that kind of made you, um, reevaluate your decision to come to line school. Cause we obviously saw a pretty big exodus of guys in this class, just the beginning of this class. Yeah. No, uh, again, it was when I committed to going to this school, it was, uh, yeah, it's been a long time coming. It was still really scary, but it was it before I committed, it was like I had a family friend I was talking to and, you know, he's like, Hey, we're, he, he retired from a co-op. So he'd been in the line work. His son's in a line. Uh, he's at a co-op as well. And, you know, he, he knew the trade and he's like, you know, I don't know what your exact plans are, but this, you know, 
it's time to go. It's time to make something happen. If you're still got this going and you're, it's still on your mind all the time, maybe it's time to, you know, fire away. And then that night I, I applied. I, I just stopped worrying about the unknowns or what was going to happen and just let all that kind of get out of the way. Cause it was really looking back now, it's, which is easy to do. It, a lot of things could have been worked around or it was just easy to create uh, the obstacles for me at that time. So to answer your question, no, it, even at the beginning, I mean, guys were dropping out and it, you, you try to kind of, Hey man, just, just work it out, stick it out. We'll yeah. work as a team and figure this whole thing out. But, um, but no, there was nothing that was going to try to keep me from, from graduating. Did you have any guys that you got close to here that, left yeah I, yeah i mean especially the first week or so you know you got guys that you don't really know but right um really though the guys that we lost in rpc later on was through academics hmm. um which you know kind of like we talked about before it if if you're not invested and you don't try i mean like you said the curriculum is built to kind of be with that tradesman kind of mentality it's not here to we're not you know building rockets but you still got to really give it your all so that was still that's kind of nerve-wracking too you're seeing guys get uh disqualified if you will yeah so those guys are are, is there a plan to return it's uh i i can't speak for them i I don't know i would hope so um but those guys that the specific, to a couple of guys that I'm specifically thinking of, it's uh, when that happened, it was just a quick exit sort of thing. Like, you know, I'm sure there's 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 embarrassment, there's you know regret or you know. Yeah. So you know, we we always, I mean, our ultimate goal is to get. We want everybody to come through here that wants to do this. They can meet the standard to graduate and and go have a great career. So we realize there are. Sometimes it's academics that get them. Sometimes it's, um, you know, there might be an injury. They might tweak something here and there, and they, they just can't. The, the program must go on, right. right? So so easy to get behind in the first, what, five weeks when you're climbing constantly. It's like, well, if there's an injury and you can't climb, you can't go from, you know, five feet to 35 feet. It, it's just too much of a jump, right? you know. Yeah. And so maybe the best thing is to to roll into the next class, which is what we provide. Same thing academically. We'll we'll allow students to roll. You know, if it's got in a situation where academics kind of really got them or they got behind in a subject and it was just too difficult to catch up, hey, listen, we believe in second chances. So we we allow individuals to return and come back to another class. That's not the ideal situation because it's another 15 weeks. Mm -hmm. But if someone really wants to do it, and they're committed to doing this. We, and by the way, that's like, that's no charge. We don't charge for that return on our end. That's a second chance for them to come back if they meet that criteria to, to finish what they started. Yeah. And I think for us, when you get an 18, 19 year old, because that's typically the situation, if it's an academic situation or, you know, doing something foolish, you know, get you in trouble. It's usually one of those things where it's like, I didn't know, I, you know, I messed up, but I want to make it right. And you know what? I'm getting the second chance. I'm not going to screw it up. Most of the time, individuals come back and they want to prove 
that they can finish and they can do it. And uh, so that's why we provide that opportunity yeah. for those for students. Looking, um, obviously looking back, it's been 13 weeks. What is one significant piece of advice you would give somebody coming into the school from, you know, maybe even a preparation standpoint, physical, mental, emotional, whatever that is. What's any advice you would give to somebody who's, who's about to start the next class or thinking about yeah. SLTC? Um, I mean, I don't know if there's like a one bullet point, but it, there's a few, few things. I mean, as far as the physical aspect or the aspect of it, it, yeah, I mean, it's, I, I, I tried to, to train a little bit. I've, you know, I've worked out a lot, but it's, there's still guys here. You've seen them. There, there's monsters here at this school right now. I, I don't know if you've noticed that our class, there's a lot of really fit guys out here, but so that, that helps, but it's also the will to keep working when, when your legs are really sore or, you know, that, that don't quit mentality. Cause you could be in, in great cardiovascular shape, but when the, everything starts burning, your lungs are on fire and then you're also working at those heights. So I would just get used to, um, kind of just working through that a little bit. I mean, have an open mind and expect anything as far as that goes. But if once guys started really trusting their equipment or the process of everything, as far as, at least in the field, um, seeing guys kind of exit out because of maybe they, they didn't realize they were afraid of heights or they didn't could, couldn't fully commit to trusting their stuff. But, um, so that, that will help. I think it just kind of, if it, it all kind of falls back down to being determined on what you want. And I think that's something that's I've noticed about a lot of the guys here. I mean, even the young guys coming through, it's a lot of people kind of realize this is a really great industry to be into. And then the school in itself, is just its own great thing. So just having determination to, to keep moving through. Yeah. I think a lot of times it's easy to get overwhelmed looking at 15 weeks of this. Like not every day is going to be as tough as today is. Yeah. Tomorrow you're going to learn a little bit more, know a little bit more and apply that. And then, you know, in five, six weeks you start to the whole scenery changes, right? It, yeah, exactly. Like th week two or three, I think th third week we're at 35 foot, right? So they kind of do it in week increments. Incre yeah, I've tripped over that word, but by that third week, your, uh, your legs are toast. I mean, cause like my instructor, Todd, where he's, uh, the up down King, it seems <laughs> like, I mean, it's, he's just looking for reasons to do up downs. And at the time you're like, this sucks. You know, your legs are just hurting. You know, we're like, I called us the dads of the neighborhood. We're going to Ingles and buying as many bags of ice as we can. And we're loading tubs down and trying to, but you know, we're, we're just getting by. We wanted that. I felt like that was the best decision. So, but like you said, it, week five or six rolls around we're in the field we're learning we're you're not climbing as much but now you're you're climbing even higher or you're doing the stuff that you've learned up there and working with all your hand tools and you got everything kind of working as uh, as you learn it so speaking of todd we've got his toward the storm and your toward the storm episode yeah. coming out got yeah. to watch that that yeah. was awesome he did it you know it I love when you, when I get to see the instructors teaching mm. and when a camera is on them 
and they're just doing their thing. It's like they're not even paying attention to the camera. You don't even know what the camera's catching. They're just out there doing their thing. They're just instructing. When I get to watch that and see that, it just it shows me how good of an instructor they are. Like when I watch that, I watch Todd teach, and I'm like, man, you know how he's teaching, how involved he is, what he's trying to get through. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm impressed, yeah. and I, I haven't been able to see. You know, you know, obviously with all the instructors, we don't always get to see all that side of them. So to be able to watch that episode and, and watch Todd um, instruct you guys. Uh, it was great. Yeah, it, very fortunate with him. He's uh, he's been amazing, and could, I mean he's done it for so long. He's seen so many things, worked in all these different places, um, and I mean he is he's he's hard. He's he's rough, and uh, and he likes it. I think that that's the way he gets to he, he'll test you in, in that way to see if you're going to you know kind of fall out or how you're going to mentally handle it. And it puts you in a realistic aspect to, you know, being able to work through whatever situation you're in. Um, but he also, he'll pull you back or he'll make sure that you're learning or you're understanding it. And you can, then you tell he, he, he cares for sure. So it's, it's been a good experience. He's one of those guys that was kind of anti lineman school. Yeah, He was and, the biggest opponent yeah. we've ever heard. Yeah. Until he got here and then he, started seeing what we were doing and became a, a huge believer in the process and said, you know what, I can complain about guys, you know, training, you know, training young guys or I shouldn't say just guys, but individuals for the trade. I can, I can complain about it or I can be part of the solution, part of the process. And he, he realized that, you know, what we were trying to do here um, was a huge benefit to the industry yeah. And so he went from an adversary to an advocate and um, has bought into it and, and uh, his, it really puts out great guys. So Yeah, it absolutely does. So with the amount of things that you've got going on, you've got a small family, mm-hmm. small family, you got three kids and, yeah. um, you know, career transition and so forth. How, how do you balance that, that work life and how, do you find a little bit of time for any hobbies or, you know, for yourself to... Uh, I mean, sometimes you feel it's day by day. It's, um, hobbies really are, what are the kids doing on the weekends or baseball tournaments? And now that Rylan is, uh, a little older, he's, you know, getting into school ball as plus the the travel stuff. And, um, yeah, I still try to work out as much as I can. That's always been a good outlet for me as far as, um, it's definitely a hobby, but it's, it, it helps to kind of clear your mind but yeah i gave up the sold the motorcycles we still ride, we'll ride mountain bikes or anything that's kind of out in the yard or you know whether it's playing wiffle ball with them or just hanging out at the house and just cooking out it's it's been a those are usually my my go-tos i do like to fish you know do a little kayak fishing or bank fishing just any time to kind of it, it reset a little bit but try to keep it pretty simple do you drive in Monday morning? What's the, what's your normal? Because I mean Knoxville is just a couple hours away, so yeah, I alternate. Sometimes I'll um, I'll either drive in Sunday night just to kind of be here, or I'll leave out at like I usually get up like on four fifty, four right before five, just to kind of get enough time to get back to the housing here and uh, get ready for school in the morning. And then Thursday is it? Thursday, I'm usually packed out and, yeah. and rolling. Some I've stayed a couple of weekends just to try to uh, 
you know, hang out here or relax a little bit or, you know, what have you. But most weekends I've, I've went home, which is awesome for me. But there's some guys, there's like a lot of people from up north, New York area or Florida. I mean, so I've, I felt, you know, fortunate to be able to do that. Um, but, but yeah, it's, you know, still quite a bit of driving. There's no doubt about that. That's yes, sir. I yeah. appreciate both of you guys having me on here. It's, it's been, uh, and a, a very fortunate experience for me. I mean, I've been really excited, try to stay in humble the whole, whole way through as well. But, um, yeah, I, I'm very appreciative of, of y'all's time and all the extra stuff that I've gotten to kind of experience while being here. So that's great. It's awesome. All, all right. right. We'll wrap it up till next it. time. All Absolutely. right. Absolutely. Thanks guys. Thanks for listening to the Lyman Country Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support us, please make sure to subscribe, share on social media, and leave a rating or review. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.